Chapter Seventeen of The Turn of the Tide. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Chapter Seventeen of The Turn of the Tide by Eleanor H. Porter. Stars, taint lucky stars, Maggie was still shouting gleefully when she reached her mother's side. Mrs. Durgan bent keen eyes on her young daughter's face. "'Maggie, what was they sayin' to ye?' she began, pulling the little girl into the house. Suddenly her jaw dropped. She stooped and clutched the child's hands. "'Why, Maggie, it's money! Stacks of it!' she exclaimed, prying open the small fingers. "'Stars, lucky stars!' cooed Maggie. Maggie liked the new words, and phrases and she always said them over and over until they were no longer new. Mrs. Durgan shook her daughter gently, yet determinedly. Her small black eyes looked almost large, so wide were they with amazement. "'Maggie, Maggie, tell me, what did they say to ye?' she demanded again. "'Why did they give ye all this money?' Maggie was silent. Her brow was drawn into a thoughtful frown. "'But, Maggie, think, there must have been a something—' "'What did ye do?' "'There want," insisted the child. "'I just fell down and got up, and they said it.' "'Said what?' "'Tank lucky stars.' A sudden thought sent a quick flash of fear to Mrs. Durgan's eyes. "'Maggie, they didn't hurt ye,' she cried, dropping on her knees and running swift, anxious fingers over thin little arms and legs and body. "'They didn't hurt ye.' Maggie shook her head. At that moment a shadow darkened the doorway, and the kneeling woman glanced up at hastily. "'Oh, it's you, Mrs. Magoon,' she said to the small, tired-looking woman in the doorway. "'Yes, it's me,' sighed the woman, dragging herself across the room to a chair. "'What time did Nellie leave here? Why, I don't know. Maybe four o'clock. Why?' The woman's face contracted with a sharp spasm of pain. She wa'n't within half a mile of the mill when I met her, yet she was pantin' and all out of breath then. She'll be late, course, and you know what that means. Yes, I know, sighed Mrs. Durgan sympathetically. She, she hadn't order gone. Across the room, Mrs. Magoon's head came up with a jerk. Do you suppose I know that? The child's sick and I know it. But what difference does it make? She works, don't she? For a moment Mrs. Durgan did not speak. Gradually her eyes drifted back to Maggie and the little pile of coins on the table. "'Mrs. Magoon, see,' she cried eagerly, "'what the lady gave Maggie. They was in one of them naughty-mobiles, as Maggie calls them, and Maggie fell down on the road. She want her to mite, not even scratched, but they give her all this money.' The woman on the other side of the room sniffed disdainfully. "'Well, what of it?' They ordered give it to herself, she asserted. But they want her blame, and they didn't hurt her none, not a mite, argued the other. No thanks to them, I'll warrant, snapped Mrs. Magoon. For my part, I wouldn't touch their old money. Then crossly, but with undeniable interest, she asked, how much was it? Mrs. Durgan laughed. Never you mind, she retorted, as she gathered up the coins from the table. But thar's enough so's I'm goin' ter get them cough drops for Nellie anyhow. So. 
and she turned her back and pretended not to hear the faint remonstrances from the woman over by the window. Later, when she had bought the medicine and had placed it in Mrs. Magoon's hands, the remonstrances were repeated in a higher key and were accompanied again with an angry snarl against the world in general and automobiles in particular. "'But why do ye hate them so?' demanded Mrs. Durgan. "'Them automobiles. They ain't one of em touched us yet as far as I know of.' There was no answer. "'I don't believe ye knows yourself,' declared the questioner. Then, and the taunt the other raised her head. "'Maybe I don't,' she flamed, "'and taint them I hate anyways. It's the folks in em. It's rich folks. I've allers hated em anywheres, and twant never so bad as now since them things came. They look so, so comfortable, the folks a-leanin' back in their cushions, and so, so free, as if there wa'n't nothin' that could bother em. Of course I knew before that they were rich folks, and that they had fine clothes and good things to eat, and shows and parties, and spent money, but I didn't see em, and now I do. I see em, I tell ye, and it makes me realize how I ain't comfortable like they be, nor Nellie ain't neither. But they ain't all bad rich folks, argued the thin black-eyed woman earnestly. Some of em is good. The other shook her head. I hain't had the pleasure o meetin' that kind, she rejoined grimly. Well, I have, retorted Maggie's mother, with some spirit. Look at the lady ternight what gives Maggie all that money. There was no answer, and after a moment Mrs. Jurgen went on. Her voice was lower now and not quite clear. There was another one, too, and she just like an angel out of heaven. It was years ago much as twelve or fourteen when I lived in New York. She was the mother of the nicest and prettiest little girl I ever see, the one I named my Maggie for, and she asked us to have home, and we stayed weeks, and rode in her carriages, and ate to her table, and lived right with her just as she did. And when we come back to New York, she came with us, took us out to the cellar, and found a beautiful place for us, all sun and winders and she paid up the rent for us, way ahead whole months, and thar was all the Waylands and me and the twins. Well, prompted Mrs. Magoon, as the speaker paused, what next? You ain't in New York, and she ain't a-doin' it now, is she? Where is she? Mrs. Durgan turned her head away. I don't know, she said. The other sniffed. I thought as much. It don't last. It never does. "'But it would a lasted with her,' cut in Miss Durgan sharply. "'She want the kind what gives up. "'She's sick or dead or something, I know she is. "'But there's others what has lasted. "'The Montlawn I was tellin' ye of, "'where I learned them songs we sings, "'and where I learned most everything good there is in me. "'That's done by rich folks, and that's lasted. "'They pays three dollars.' and it lets some poor little boy or girl go thar and stay ten whole days, just eatin' and sleepin' and playin'. And if I was in New York now, my Maggie herself to be a-goin' one o' these days, you'd see it. I tell ye, rich folks ain't bad, all of em, and they do do things sides law back in them automobiles. Mrs. Magoon stared. Then she shrugged her shoulders. Mebby, she admitted grudgingly. Say, er, Miss Durgan, 
How much was that money Maggie got, eh? End of chapter 17